You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn Reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. I am Tonya Dawn Reckla, and I have with me today Amber Needham. Amber, would you like to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. (laughs) Fabulous. Well, I'm really, really excited about today's conversation. We're tackling this concept of believing is seeing. And and, and the the element of this, right, this is our teaching principle today that we're looking into. And I love that Amber's here with us because she is the author of The Blind Girl Sees, Seeing Through the Heart and Not the Eyes. And it's such a brilliant story. I'm so excited to share a little bit of her journey with you. Um, And as we're going through this, I I want you really focusing in on this concept of believing is seeing, right? Um, A lot of us don't realize how much we sort of structure our existence um, based on sight being the prevalent um, ability, right? And so we kind of come at it from the seeing is believing perspective. And a quick story, um, those of you who've been listening to the show know that Justin and I met teaching at the Counter Intel Special Agent course. And one of the concepts that we taught was around really in depth communication, right? It it sort of planted the seeds for our energetic communication curriculum that we teach here. And um, and one of those concepts um, that was most challenging was this idea that what we see isn't necessarily all that's there. Sometimes it's not even quote unquote there, right? It's like, we kind of make it up. And so it's like, what, you know, do you want to, you want to really get into a hot mess as you start telling a bunch of uh, law enforcement Intel folks that, that there's no hard truths, right? And, and so it's challenging to, to wrap our minds around this. But I think what we're going to see through Amber's story is that it's important to start as we continue our own personal evolutions that, that we do sort of question these things and say, Hey, what, what, how am I looking at the world and how much of what I think I know is predicated on outdated belief structures that I may not even agree with anymore. Right. And so this gives us a chance to better understand ourselves, better understand our systems and perhaps better understand each other, excuse me, and meet each other in a little bit of grace and offering a little bit of space as we realize that we're not all having the same experiences. And so I love so much about this experience today, and I'm glad that you're joining us. Um, and I welcome you here, Amber, we're going to jump in here. And uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. What a delight to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm very, very fascinated with your journey and your willingness to share this journey with others. And so I appreciate you in that capacity. Um, our first question is, what are your superpowers and how are you using those for good? Well, geez, I have, I think I've got quite a few superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one is that I feel my way through a problem, mm-hmm. a uh, a setback, a um, situation. I feel my way through it. And regardless that fear is present, very likely present, my superpower is, is that I now will plow through it regardless. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Um, I think my other um, superpower is I get jazzed up when I can be of service, when I can do something that makes me feel good, but I know that mm. there's 
there's a, um, a, a better purpose, a, a purpose that will serve mm-hmm. um, others, um, you know, uh, community-wise, global-wise, um, um, you know, with the vision, uh, with my with my ophthalmologist uh, team, mm-hmm. you know, just on a bigger scale to be of service in some way that serves others. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and our body of work would support the fact that those two are really interconnected, right? Our ability to sense our way, right? Which, which is, is a, I'm, I'm playing with notions that this is an evolution of sorts, right? Our sensitization seems to be arriving out of an awakening awareness sort of evolution for all of us. And, and as we become more energetically sensitized to ourselves, to the world around us and to others, there's sort of this undeniable connection that we feel. And so it makes sense to me that, that, that right in there in that same um, conversation would be the the awareness that when we contribute to others, right, in a way, there is this attraction principle, there's this receptivity that the field offers us in our interconnections with each other. And so, so I love the fact that you brought those two forward. I'm sure you have many, many superpowers. Um, but those two interconnected, I think actually really shape up nicely um, the, the heart and soul of our conversation today, because that is what we're talking about, right? It's, it's the seeing beyond seeing, right? It's the knowing beyond knowing, seeing through knowing as opposed to knowing through seeing, right? And, and, and really holding on to this awareness that there's so much going on in our inner landscape that is informed by the programs that we have, the experiences that we've had. And that really dictates our interactions with the world. Share a little bit with the audience, Amber, if you don't mind. You you, you had an experience that was abrupt, right? And so so your experience with vision and with um, with the sensory kind of capabilities that we have, the extrasensory capabilities we may possess, any sensitivities, any abilities that we haven't even yet tapped into, um, came upon you abruptly. Um, and so would you would you care to share a little bit about because I, li- I like the fact that there's this huge juxtaposition. There's like the before and then the after and your life sort of allowed for if I dare speak into it at all. Some this really com- like this comparison place of um, certainly I'm sure it wasn't easy in the transition. Um, but where you sit now, you know, I can feel the power that you hold, right? The comfortability, the confidence that you carry. And I wonder how much of that wasn't part of this journey as well. Do you care to share um, some about what you experienced? Certainly. Um, In 2015, I was, you know, um, living life as full as I thought I was, you know, I was an entrepreneur, I had a couple of businesses. um, And within 30 days, my vision, my very, very, very good vision went downhill to 30 days, not being able to see uh, six inches from mm-hmm. my face and count fingers. Initially, they didn't know what had happened. They did eventually, we did eventually figure it out. And that was uh, yet another miracle that kind of just dropped in mm-hmm. as to the breadcrumb that led us to why. And it was something that shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. It was a, a recall on a product that I was putting in my eyes for lubrication, um, which I had done every night. And it had gone through um, uh, through transportation. It had gone through freezing and it crystallized. And I was putting mm-hmm. that in my eyes, scratching my cornea. 
Uh, fast forward a couple of years, uh, my ophthalmologist offered the last opportunity to get my sight back, and that was stem cell, limbal stem cell surgery. Mm-hmm. It was not promised that it would work, but at this point, it was my last opportunity. Well, it worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. And, and um, gradually, uh, over several months and reaching well over into a year, my sight began to to recover. And mm-hmm. I went right back to where I was with sight. But in the meantime, um, because of the experience and how fearful I was, I had to learn to navigate differently. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you don't have your sight, you just you just have to, if you want to play the game of life, um, you have to learn how to navigate. So when I got my sight back, I thought it was like a, a gift, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't meant to last. The, the, the stem cells stayed alive, but then another ridiculous, um, shouldn't have happened, incident happened. Just as freaky, just as bizarre. And it wiped me back to zero. Mm. Believe it or not, the stem cells are still alive, but being a whole new situation, the stem cells help keep the cornea healthy, but obviously the other um, destroyed another part of the eye. Mm. But it was at this point that I started to really go deep and realize that um, I didn't need my sight. <laughs> I was seeing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, my perceptions of the world, my perceptions of myself mm-hmm. um, were, were obscured. And without my sight and leading through my heart, I could navigate better. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I became to the notion that it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can accept my um my blindness i can accept it um i can embrace it actually and and even take it so far as celebrate it which i have done amber i love so much about your story so and thank you for sharing it it's um <laughs> there's so much in this the, the layers are so rich and, and your your willingness to experience the experience of it right and 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 walk through it and know yourself even more on the other side of it you know all of that it are little micro choices we make along the way right of how to interact with whatever it is that that comes in front of our path and um and the grace with which you're willing to to adopt those things and to experience new things and and it's interesting because i i don't know that we um, speak a lot in, in 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 certain cultures about the the real benefit and the power of that perseverance, right? Of of moving through things, knowing that, like you mentioned, the game of life, right? It's be we're playing it, and and there's all kinds of twists and turns and ups and downs. But the perspective that we hold, right? What we believe it's showing us, right? The versatility that you now possess, the um. You know, I I watched what happened during the pandemic, and I think those of us who've endured certain sort of traumas, certain experiences, certain resiliency tests in our lifetime and and choose to evolve through them, um, we're really positioned in a different way during the pandemic than others. And And it was interesting to, and even following that, right, with what we're dealing with now as a nation and as a globe. Um, And so it, it does, it does 
kind of put my mind into this question of, um, you know, what, how can we maybe encourage people to, to be a little bit more courageous and exploring things outside of their comfort zone? I mean, this situation was thrust upon you and at some point you chose to embrace it. Um, and you could be angry. Like it sounds to me like there's a couple of situations you could be pretty angry about, um, you know, but as you find, you know, particularly when you open up to those sensitive levels, that anger is, is, is its own weapon against yourself. Right. And so it's like, when you understand the nuances of how the field works, it's like, you can't really, you could dive into those things, but you do understand the cost. And I, and I think that the willingness to explore what the world looks like when we're not, totally dependent on these kind of um, the primary sensory or the, or the physical reality or the, the, the visioning, the hearing as we would typically know them. Um, You know, it starts to shift your awareness of yourself. I love that you said that it changed how you knew yourself, right? And you realized that with vision, you had a little bit of a warped sense of self. Can you speak a little bit into that? I think body image and how we know ourselves to be is so huge. What did you discover when you lost sight of yourself, essentially, (laughs) or gained sight of yourself, right? How did did that go for you? Well, first of all, I was in the beauty industry for 23 years. So my primary um, (laughs) business was looking after women. from a physical point of view, from a you know an attractive point of view, and so that was ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. And um, when the sight is uh, missing, or or any um, you know any of our senses, others kick in. You know that's just what I've come to discover with myself. The minute my my sight was um, absolutely gone, it was just nothing but pure fog. Um, all of a sudden, my body just started to, it opened up my ability to uh, feel more. And uh, I was, I was um, instantly aware of it. And I just, I just kind of ran with it, because that was my way of communicating. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, in the beginning, (laughs) in the beginning, um, very frustrating things were happening. And yeah, you know what? I was angry and and I was miffed and the whole bit, but I knew that I couldn't stay there. I just, mm-hmm. that was just, I was bigger than that. I was better than that mm-hmm. to stay there. So I would, you know, um, be as optimistic as I could. And I would tease people by saying, well, look at, I can't see you. So can I feel you? Mm. And, you know, they, they would, you know, say, well, what do you mean? And I would just say, well, I've got, these are my, these are my eyes now. These are my mm-hmm. eyes, you know, so they would giggle and, um, but they would, they would um, warm up to me and mm-hmm. feel co- more comfortable with me um, knowing that I wasn't um, super sensitive right. about not having my sight. Um, and yeah, so the physical world, what we see isn't necessarily what truly is like what I would say I saw while I had good vision. I now would say, um, something very different, mm-hmm. you know, just well, and it's, right here. It's interesting. It's like almost to what I feel when you, when you speak that way, there's almost this transmission of, 
a sincere desire to know somebody rather than just to see them. And I, and I, there's a depth in that. And so for sure, your ability to sort of manage your own circumstances is, 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 um, allows people to relax in your presence, but it feels like there's also this real invitation. Um, I, I think when you know yourself in a whole way, right. When you go into those depths of yourself, um, there's a, there's a drawing in, that others feel because we seek that, right? We want to know ourselves at that level. Um, and so I think there's a real beautiful exchange that's happening energetically there too. And I'm glad that you brought that up because you mentioned the word feeling. And I was going to ask if it was more tactile, you know, if the increase in, in your sensitization was more tactile or more in the sensing um, or both, you know, when you talk about feeling, how are, how are you perceiving that? It's, it's actually very both. Mm -hmm. This keeps me in the physical mm -hmm. by being able to know where I am, you know, by feeling things, knowing where I am. I'm sitting at my desk. Um, I feel this and I feel that. The feeling through my heart is the energy that's mm -hmm. coming off of other people. I can now enter a room and not see a single soul there, but mm -hmm. I can feel. Which, I mean, is available to every single one of us. It's available. But right. with without the visual acuity, it mm -hmm. just, it gets bigger. It, it, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and it could have been in the beginning because it's, it was a survival um, thing that, that happened that I mm -hmm. could do that. Maybe I was always able to do it. And again, because... The visual was was far more important to me back mm -hmm. then. Um, it wasn't as strong of a, a skill. Mm -hmm. And now it's just super easy. It, it's just, it's natural, actually. It's natural. Yeah. It's not even a skill. Yeah, I I, I contend that, that it is available to all of us and that it is present, but the it's the, our programs are weighted more heavily in sightedness. And so we don't necessarily have more evolved or, or more advanced programs for dealing with um, other other stimulus that comes in in ways that we're not uh, adept at. And I, and I think it, in the overall sense of things, there's so much data that comes at us through the field at all, all times that, you know, we can only process what we have the programs for. And, and here you were thrust into a situation where um, you didn't have a program for it. And so you had to discover. And so you were discovering it not as an infant coming into the world without sight, but instead with experience and wisdom and all, you know, decades of knowing yourself in a particular way and knowing the world in a particular way. Um, and then getting that juxtaposition right now, now you're able to kind of compare and control and then to have it come back and go back. I'll be just like that. That's it's a fabulous story for what's possible when we're presented with, with choices and, 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 and how we choose to be within it, no matter what's happening, as you were talking about, you know, seeing with your hands and being able to feel your way through things. I, I was curious if, if, if you're not touching things, right. If that's not, if they, you're not connecting in with the world through that is the sense something like a uh, almost drifting through the world, you know, in a sense, like moving in and out of worlds. Um, is that, is that similar or how would you describe it? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you're not touching in physically, 
what's the internal experience? Like, how would you explain that? It's different all the time, actually. Um, if, if I walk again into a room, can I, can I sense in ad, inanimate objects as to where am I? Um, mm -hmm. or is it just, um, my energies, um, molding and engaging and becoming one with other energies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's more what I experience. Um, if I walk into a room and I don't feel the energy of another person, then, then I will, my senses of, of, uh, smell and, and other things will, will kick in, you know, like, where am I? Mm -hmm. Um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it, when I first became blind, it was very, very difficult because it is even amazing with, with a sense of touch. Um, I can remember, uh, being in a, in a, in a moment where I felt so isolated because I thought I have a cell phone that's laying beside me, but because it's a flat screen, I, I can't make a call. Mm -hmm. Um, my microwave, you know, I want to heat up a cup of coffee for crying out loud. I can't touch the buttons because I never memorized where the buttons were hmm. as to where's the quick, the quick heat and that sort of thing. Um, doing laundry and, and thinking, oh, I, I, how am I going to match socks? Hmm. How am I going to manage to do this without help? Of course. Um, so it was okay. I've got to come up with a method. So I just started pinning my socks together when I took them off. They went through the wash, pinned, came out, pinned, and I never had to sort them. I mean, I had to find ways. Mm -hmm. So that was through through touch without mm -hmm. sight. Um, but then it, it just it, it just grew from there as to I think the tenacity of mm -hmm. of just survival. I love this because it's something that we work with um, in our body of work with clients in it from in terms of helping optimize our systems. Right. And so what you're speaking to is if the more systems you put in place that you can that sort of address your basic needs. Right. The things that you would spend your time thinking about throughout the day, like how do you work a microwave? Right. And the more you can streamline that site gives us the ability to do that. We've we've built a world where where it matches up with sight. And so the expedited way is typically the sighted way, but that's not the only way to do things expeditiously. And so you're speaking to finding your own way to program yourself so that the basic kind of needs can be met. So you could then go on to living at some, you know, evolved level that, that you were used to, right. Being able to create, being able to sit and contemplate, right? Being able to interact and socialize, uh, entertain or, or be entertained, you know, whatever it is, um, the luxury of doing that requires that our survival is met. And, and we all have programs that kind of help with that. A lot of us, especially into adulthood, are pretty well set in our programs, right? And, and, then, and then to have that kind of disruption it's almost like you got to reverse engineer how we build those programs to begin with. And so folks, I, this is the nugget. I was curious what our nugget was going to be today to take away with, but in the, in this con conversation of believing is seeing you have a choice to hone 
these these extrasensory perceptors like amber speaking of these 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 natural i think of as natural but but perhaps supernatural abilities that we have um you can do that even maintaining all of your faculties right and the way to do that is to take kind of a lesson from amber's book and say okay what are the things that that like if you do it more than once do you have a systemized efficient process that works for you kind of thing and and i love the pinning of the socks like it sounds silly but if you really broke that down across, you know, 40, 50 years of life, how how long do you spend sorting socks, right? And it sounds like, okay, Tonya, just live your life, right? What are you doing? But I am a social scientist. And so one of the things that is fascinating is that when we program ourselves, how to accomplish kind of those base level needs efficiently, like to where we never even have to think about it, it opens our consciousness up and our experience up to be very present in the moment. Right. We're not having to think too hard about what we're doing. And Amber, it seems to me like you 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 slid into this really beautiful awareness and 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 evolution and development. Um, you know, despite all the obstacles and stuff, I just I really honor you for holding it with that kind of grace and approaching it with that gusto. And perhaps there were days when you weren't feeling very gusto, and I can I can appreciate that too. But but you're sitting here now, and this is the path, and this is the way you've chosen to go about it. Um, and I think there's a lot the rest of us can learn from that. And for that, um, I hold a lot of gratitude. So what would you like to leave everyone with here today um, in terms of how to kind of evolve your life forward, how to know yourself better, even before something forces you to? What What can you offer up based on where you're sitting today? I think I could offer... Um, through a quick story. And it basically is my uh, old way of being was that I was a very independent woman. And um, I, I had trust issues. And once losing my sight, it, the sight was a gift. I, I look at my losing my sight as a gift because what it taught me was that asking for help for me was actually a way for me not to be dependent, but to remain independent in my world um, of having and owning a home and having pets and, you know, navigating through life. So trusting, I had no choice to trust when I was on somebody's arm and they were guiding me, there was no other way. I had to trust. They had to, I had to believe that when they said a step was coming up and I was to be descending down six steps, I had to trust them. Mm -hmm. So that's the story and where I had pivoted from my old way of being to my new way of being. I am still independent, but in a, in a, a better soul way than than I was, and trusting. Um, yeah, it's it's if we can't go through life, um, uh, leaning on one another, um, uh, helping one another in the, in the best way that we can, then sight or no sight, mm-hmm. you're not going to get very far. And and that it was it was the biggest lesson for me. So that's really what I would like to um, for people to take away is you know uh, we're in we're in this game of life together, and whatever 
faculty we no longer have, whatever uh, um, senses we no longer have, if we live with a disability or whatever, um, if we could be of service to each other, um, we're going to get further ahead, farther, further ahead and, and farther doing it together. Brilliant. Far more delightfully, I'd imagine. Um, wonderful, wonderful. And it, it's as though like in that exercise of learning to trust others, you, you're gifted also with the ability to trust yourself at deeper levels, right? I think there's a synchronicity there. Um, great advice, Amber, great advice um, for all of us, for all of us. And let's remember that, folks, there are some challenges facing us, like I said, as a nation, as a globe. Um but we are incredibly creative and capable beings. And when we choose to come together in love and a sincere desire to connect, um, magic occurs, right? And we, and we know this. So, so stand strong, folks. And what, <clears throat> the best thing you can do is look at your own situation, right? Optimize yourself. You know, what can you do to, um, <clears throat> you know, look at areas maybe where you're a little bit more dependent um, then you are, then you're more, then you're comfortable. You know, I'm, I have a radical extreme approach to this, you know, I was just sharing with some friends, like, <clears throat> excuse me, anytime my system gets constricted around something, I run it through like worst, worst possible scenarios, right? Imminent death, um, long suffering, torturous pain leading to death, or, you know, I don't know, torturous enslavement. Yeah, right, right. Like I just kind of pick the top ones. And those are kind of the top three that typically come up. And I go, okay, if this is inevitable, right? Because that's what that constriction tells us, those trauma programs. Oh my gosh, the world's going to fall apart, right? If if something is inevitable, right? It's inevitable that, you know, Amber, in your situation, it's inevitable that this is the way things are going to be, right? What can I do now to best prepare my future self for that inevitability? And and ironically, the answer is always the same, always. And it's always, first of all, take a breath, right? Get good with yourself, right? Kind of calm down. Like the answer is always the same. And it has something to do with connecting into self, connecting into others and connecting into the world around you and remembering who we are in that process. Um, Amber, your story is inspirational. Uh, I appreciate you being willing to share it with the world through your book and through your speaking. Um, just know that you've got fans over here and, and we honor what you're doing. And, and to all of you out there, we know you're facing hardships, right? Things are happening. They seem almost insurmountable, I'm sure, at times. Hold this stuff to your heart, right? You are stronger than you know. Face the fear and, and, and step through and get support. Ask for help. Um, great advice, Amber. Um, thank you for joining us today. And we wish you the best in your continued journeys. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been a pleasure. Fabulous. And to all of you out there, we appreciate you listening. We love that you've been along with us for the, with us for the ride. Um, and uh, until next time, folks, remember who you are. We love you. Love each other. Oh, before I take off, for sure, go and check out Amber's site at amberneedham.com. We'll have a link for that on the episode page. Want to make sure we got that in there for our listeners. So get to Amber Needham, A-M-B-E-R-N-E-E-D-H-A-M.com. You can go check out her, her book um, there, The Blind Girl Sees, Seeing Through the Heart and Not the Eyes. Folks, we've loved having you here. Remember, believing is seeing. Go figure out how to make that work for you. We love you. Until next time, folks, love each other. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.